Welcome to Aerospace Unplugged. Hello and welcome to Aerospace Unplugged, a podcast dedicated to giving our listeners a behind-the-scenes look into all things aerospace. I'm your host, Carrie Sinclair, and today's episode is all about mandates. If you're a pilot, then you most likely know there's a deadline approaching, known as ADSB out. If you missed the deadline, you're pretty much grounded, no pun intended. So, we're here today to help you learn about the importance of being mandate compliant by 2020. And on that note, I'd like to introduce you to today's special guest, Senior Manager of Flight Technical Services, Jim Johnson. Hi, Carrie. It's good to be with you. So tell me a little bit about what you're doing at Honeywell today and how you got started at Honeywell. Sure. Well, I'm a Senior Manager of Flight Technical Services, um, which is really a, a group made up of Uh, I guess I'd call them operational experts from the pilot side. We've got a group of technical pilots um, and some training specialists that really are focused on developing training material that supports our products. So I guess we're the we're the front line face of the the, to the customer uh, for for our pilots. So anything avionics, um, we are there to provide the training support. Great. So if I need a pilot guide, I know who to call. You know who to call. Well, let's take off on our first round of questions. Since you're the expert when it comes to mandates, what does ADSB stand for and why should I really care? Well, ADSB stands for Automatic Dependent Surveillance Broadcast. And what it is, it's an onboard technology that allows the aircraft to broadcast its position mainly for the purpose of surveillance, hence the S, for traffic, air traffic separation. Uh, the A is automatic, meaning that it's a system that functions automatically, so it doesn't need a radar interrogating the airplane to get a position report. It does it automatically. Um, it's dependent, meaning it's it needs a good position source, which is, happens to be GPS. We'll talk about that. Um, it's surveillance. Again, it's used for identifying, tracking, and then separating aircraft. And then the B broadcast and that it transmits. So... ADSB is automatic dependent surveillance. And again, it's just really to replace um, the FAA's secondary surveillance radar was the intent. Now, you need to care because you're going to have to have it uh, in a number of areas here starting fairly soon. And even today, there are mandates out for it. But starting in January 2020, the FAA has mandated that if you operate in most of the airspace in the U.S., you're going to have to have it on board. If you're operating in those areas, which most of our customers do, it's a, a large area of airspace that's affected by this. Is it a flight level impact? It's defined by flight level and type of airspace. So uh, Class A airspace in the U.S., which is above flight level 180, you have to have it. Any kind of Class B airspace, which is really defined by flight level, you have to have it. So uh, you're flying to any major airports. If you're flying at high altitudes, um, flying any, really even to some of the minor airports with the cold class Charlie airports, which is, they're not as busy yet. You still need to have it. So there is a lot of airspace that's going to require this. Uh, I would say if you don't have it, you're really going to be limited to flying some remote type areas that aren't close to major or smaller airports going forward. So it's, that could it, really it co- pinch a business. It, it really will. Yeah, it covers a lot. And and again, the, the, the mandates aren't just limited to the United States. The, uh, the mandates start in Europe in June of 2020. As I mentioned, there are already some mandates in place over in Asia. There have been for, for some time now. So international carriers that, that fly over to those areas on certain routes had 
to have it already. So what's your opinion? Any chance of it getting postponed or is January 2020 the date? I think that's the date. Um, you know, as, as I think about that question, we've we've had this mandate in place since 2010. And I think the thought has been from a lot of the industry that it would get pushed back somehow. And, and as we get closer to the date and a l- still a large number of operators aren't yet equipped. I think there was even more thought that there was going to be a a push out of the date, but it doesn't look like there's going to be. The FAA is holding pretty firm on that, as are the other regulatory agencies. What's happening in the market, though? If all of these aircraft still haven't complied with the mandate, what's going to happen to the channel partners and dealerships who can upgrade their aircraft? Uh, There's going to be a mad rush, to say the the least. First of all, for the operators, we're going to be, they're going to be pushed out of some of the airspace. Um, there is a provision in the actual uh, FAA regulation that says that an operator that is not equipped can call an hour ahead for a prior approval to get into that airspace, but there's no guarantee. Uh, we just don't know how the FAA is going to work with those operators. And I, I, again, I don't know there's going to be a lot of leeway for somebody that's not, not uh, equipped. Right. Doesn't sound like something you can rely on. No, I, I wouldn't rely. I would get uh, get into the shop and get it done fairly quick because uh, there's not going to be a, a lot of room. So I'm going to pivot a little and ask you what the difference between ADSB out and ADSB in is, and do I need both to be compliant? Okay. Well, to answer your second question first, you do not need both. You only need ADSB out. Um, and the difference is basically kind of what it sounds like. We talked about the aircraft transmitting its position. That's the out function. Now that we have all these transmissions coming out from aircraft, ADS-B in allows an aircraft to receive signals from other aircraft and track them on their own displays. So it's, again, it's not mandated, but it's going to be really technology that's going to be advantageous at some point. We're already seeing some trials out in the industry of mainly airlines using ADS-B in data, which is position data from other aircraft, and displaying it in their own cockpit to do things like self-spacing. So if you think of oceanic operations where there's no radar, you know, the, the density of the aircraft is fairly thin, and you have, you could see the other aircraft around you with very high accuracy. And, and ADS-B out, you know, the main benefit to ADS-B out is the highly accurate position you're getting from the system. It's taking GPS, a GPS signal, basically, and sending it down to the ground saying, here's where I'm at, which is, again, much more accurate than today's radar. But now you're in these areas of uh, non-radar environments, and you could see other aircraft around you. And you can imagine if you're out in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, and um, you're at a low altitude, and you want to climb to save some fuel, it's very hard to do out in non-radar areas. It's hard to coordinate that with air traffic control. So an ADS-B in function allows you to see other aircraft in, in what they call self-space. And there's procedures that go around that. So there's there are trials with the ADS-B in equipment that we're, we're seeing now that kind is showing some benefit. Now, again, that's not mandated. Maybe at some point in the future, we, we don't know. We don't really think, and there's no there's no thought about a mandate coming for ADSB in right now. So I'm curious, what's the difference between ADSB in and TCAS or traffic warning system? That's a good question because their their functions are the same uh, in that they both provide traffic information. So TCAS, as we know today, um, provides traffic information to a to a cockpit display. Um, the, the big difference is the accuracy and the amount of information you get with ADSB in. So TCAS is based on the old transponder, which um, w- w- which 
transmitted very limited and very rough information. It was it's still good, still good uh, technology. ADSBN though, it's transmitting highly accurate GPS data and, and a lot of other information, which you now take and display it on your 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 cockpit displays. And with that, you have you have information like you have the target. You could see the aircraft on the display. You could see its speed. You could see its relative speed to you. So you could see closure rates and and, and that kind of thing. You get more you get more trend information from the aircraft, so you know what it's going to do. As opposed to today, you with TCAS, you see a, a little blip on the screen and its relative altitude compared to your altitude. But with some TCAS systems, you get a proactive warning. You and do or alert. You do, yeah, and that's that's you do get that from TCAS today. You you get uh, you get what's called resolution advisories and traffic advisories that give you either a caution or a, a command to do something. That is that is a difference you get with TCAS, and you don't necessarily get with ADSB. So, what is the procedure for updating your ADSB system? Does it differ between business aviation and commercial airlines, for example? Not really. Uh, you take it into an approved avionics installation center. The installation is basically an upgraded transponder, and if you don't already have a an augmented GPS a solution, you'll get the you'll get that also. So, there's there's two pieces of equipment there. Um, it's pretty much uh, straightforward. That you know, the ins- installer should know the the test. The, there's plenty of ground and flight tests that need to be done, and so there's uh, FAA guidance out there on what needs to be done before the aircraft comes out of the shop. That said, there is some guidance from the FAA that once you get your airplane, you could actually go and look at uh, performance reports for your airplane, which we highly encourage. So it's on the FAA.gov website. If you you look it up, it's called the um, Public ADSB Performance Report. And we recommend operators go up there and they type in the information about their aircraft, the date they flew, what area they flew, and they could see the the performance of their ADSB out system. So that's an um, really, that is, yeah, it's a really important thing to do. Um, If you don't do it and you do have issues with your equipment not functioning properly, uh, the FAA is going to tell you about it. And so you don't want to get too close to the mandate and have them telling you your equipment's not functioning like it should. And so you go, have to go back into the shop. Something uh, something you want to do once pretty you get there. Right? Yes, it is. It's fairly simple. So pivoting once again, does this apply at all to defense aircraft? We, we have a lot of military customers here at Honeywell. So Th- That's an excellent question. It does. Um, it does. And as far as we know, there is no solution to the blocking issue. As we know, a lot of military aircraft don't want to be tracked by the general public. So, you know, today with with radar, you could go onto an, an app like Flight Explorer or Flight Tracker and look at a flight. Um, today, they could, they the, the air traffic control could block that information for public use. Um, with ADSB out, uh, the information is not encrypted, so anybody could go buy a receiver, and people do sell these receivers online, as you can imagine, and you could hook it up on your roof and you could track aircraft, so anybody could, could watch you. It's really not an issue with defense aircraft only, but it is also with some corporate operators who don't want to be tracked, as you can imagine. As far as we know, there's no solution yet, uh, and we know the military is still talking to the FAA about it, and they may be, may be even seeking some exemptions. Not sure really about that. We know that the corporate operators are working with the FAA to, to come up with a solution to the blocking issue. Okay. 
So we've landed with the conclusion that you need to be mandate compliant by 2020. But if you could tie all of this together for us, Jim, what advice would you give our listeners on becoming mandate compliant? The only thing I could say at this point is do it soon if you haven't. There's no sense that any of the mandates for any of the countries are going to be pushed back. Um, We're seeing other countries like Canada starting to talk about a mandate also. So it, it's just going to get worse, I guess. If you're if you're not compliant, you're just going to be restricted for more and more airspace. So so do it as soon as you can. So what's your opinion? Do you agree with the FAA that this will help create a safer flying experience for business aviation, general aviation, and commercial airlines? You know, it's hard hard to say. Um, air traffic system today is is safe, and to imply that. There's there's a hole there, and that safer. we need. Yeah, it's going to be safer. <laughs> it's hard to say because it is very safe today. We've got a great air traffic system. I do think this is going to add to that. Yes, I mean, presenting highly accurate position information to air traffic is a great idea. No, the more you know, the more you know exactly. What I, I think the big benefit is going to be in getting efficiency out of our airspace. We've got a lot of new technology on our aircraft now that provide highly accurate forms of navigation, yet we're operating in an air traffic environment that's still based on the 50s, 60s. You know, So it's hard to take advantage of the technology we have in our cockpits today when you have a, an airspace system that's built built from Lincoln sure. Logs. You know, so, so I think this is, gonna, this is a really good building block to start getting some efficiency out of the airspace. We know traffic's going to increase. We know things are not going to get better on their own. So I think this is definitely a good step. Great. Well, Jim, thank you for joining us today. A question we're going to ask you, because this is Aerospace Unplugged, is how do you unplug at the end of the day? How do you unwind and relax from your busy day? (laughs) That's a good question. (laughs) (laughs) I've got to think hard about that. Um, you know, I enjoy I enjoy family time. I enjoy um, very active in my church. Um, I enjoy reading. There, there are a lot of different things I enjoy. I'm moving into a new phase of my life as as my wife and I are becoming empty nesters quick, and so we're starting to to, to look for new hobbies. Yeah, <laughs> great. Mm-hmm. Well, good. Good luck in your hobbies. Thank you. All right. Once again, my name is Carrie Sinclair, and thank you for listening to Aerospace Unplugged, a podcast providing our listeners with a behind-the-scenes look into all things aerospace. To find out more about how you can become mandate compliant, visit our website at aerospace.honeywell.com, where you can read more from Jim's blog, ADSB Mandate Paves the Way for Better Operations. Safe travels, and we'll see you next time. Today's episode was produced by Katie Carney and edited by Bogdan Koroshev.